This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Welcome everyone to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I am Mariah Muhammad, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me today, Sarah Aurora, Chief Operating Officer of Go Health Urgent Care. Sarah, it's very nice to have you on the podcast today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on, Mariah. Yeah, of course. Like I said, it's very, I'm very excited to talk with you today. Um, and to get us started, would you mind uh, telling us what inspired you to work in healthcare operations? Yes, absolutely. I I think I have to go pretty far back on that one, truthfully. I actually, I come from a family of clinicians on both sides. So you could say healthcare is very much in the Aurora DNA. And actually a very small fun fact about myself is that my grandmother was an OBGYN in India. And she was one of the few female OBs in the country at the time. And I watched her perform a C-section when I was eight years old. I was all scrubbed in in the corner um, so yes, healthcare has not just been a career path for me. It's uh, been part of my whole life. So it's a very, it's a field that is deeply personal for me. Um, I, I give you this background because it's definitely informed the way that I approach healthcare operations and my own clinical teams. A huge, uh, you could say motivation for me is trying to improve healthcare delivery for that clinical frontline the doctors, the advanced practitioners, the medical assistants, the x-ray techs, these are all um, these are all clinical team members that work within our urgent care centers and on our different service lines. Um, and my very core held belief is that if you improve the delivery system for that front line, it in turn improves healthcare for the patient. So there was certainly a point um, along my journey where I realized that rather than pe- becoming a clinician myself, I could have pretty immense impact if I worked on improving the system for those clinicians. So that has been uh, a motivating factor for me for for truly my entire career in healthcare. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing those stories with us. Um, To get us started with, you know, talking about all your experience in mind, how did that experience shape your approach to managing operations at GoHealth? Yeah, so maybe it makes sense, Brian, for me to just tell you a little bit about Go Health, give you some background and who we are and, and where we started. So I, I joined the founding team of Go Health back in 2014. So we were we were just launching our first de novo urgent care centers in the New York market um, in partnership with a large health system in that region called Northwell Health. Um, I actually think you've had someone um, from Northwell on a previous podcast of yours. Um, and so almost a decade later, I guess we're heading into 2024. So yes, almost a decade, uh, Go Health now operates around 250, more than 250, 266 to be exact, um, on-demand care centers across the nation. And in every region that we're in, we partner with what we believe to be truly the predominant integrated health delivery system. So we have 11 markets, we have 11 health system partners. 
Um, and our company back in 2014 was really founded on the idea that everyone deserves access to high quality and personalized and connected healthcare. And what we've done over the years is we've achieved this in a number of ways. So the first is that we actually locate our physical centers, right? So we have these brick and mortar locations um, where people live their lives on a weekly basis, right? So that's next to the pharmacy, next to the grocery store. You're really looking um, to uh, place these centers that are of maximum convenience for your patient. Um, and then in every market, as I mentioned, we partner with this, these predominant health healthcare systems. Um, and what this does is it allows us to operate like, rather than in this silo, um, it allows us to operate within the larger continuum of care. So even within our health system partners, we're often referred to as the front door to healthcare because patients often come to us first. And you know, it may come as a surprise to you that we will sometimes see patients in a given year that have never had any interaction with the healthcare system besides the interaction they're having in one of our urgent care centers. And so either you know, we can fully serve their needs within the four walls of our center, but if we can't, we have the ability within these health system partnerships to refer them out to specialty, primary, even emergency care. Obviously, you don't... Um, that's not, a, that's not an ideal outcome, but of course you, you see high acuity patients in these centers. And so what you can do is you can actually get them the care they need uh, beyond the four walls of, of your own location. And I think what that results in is, is care that is, is truly on demand. It's available when they need it. It's available where they need it at a lower cost and they don't have to sacrifice quality or any continuum of care. On top of this, we have a, a pretty robust virtual platform, which of course um, took off in a, in a very big way during the pandemic. So um, that's that's really what we've tried to achieve um, within GoHealth. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us that, that insight. And as I know, and as you know, at GoHealth, uh, employee satisfaction is a top priority. Um, how do you ensure that employees feel valued and supported in their roles? And also, have you seen any direct correlations between employee sas uh, satisfaction and revenue growth? Yes. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll take those me one at a time. So I've obviously shared how deeply personal it is for me to make clinicians work lives better. Um, but beyond that, actually, early in my career, um, I read a book, um, you may have read it, it's called Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. And Danny Meyer, if you're not aware, is a restaurant entrepreneur. He's probably best known for Shake Shack. He's the founder of Shake Shack, um, but also a lot of other restaurants, largely New York-based. Gramercy Ta Tavern is, is another very um, famous restaurant that, that he founded. Um, and in this book, uh, he lays out this five-stakeholder theory for entrepreneurs um, so among those five stakeholders, you have customers, you have employees, you have investors, and, uh, you know, to, to, to get to the punchline here, he very strongly posits that your employee, your team member is your most important stakeholder, because when you have happy and productive employees, your customers get great care, which in turn supports your investors, which in turn supports your community and your vendors. So overall, when you put the employee or the team member first, um, you get better results for the business. Um, and, it, you know, I have come to learn that there is no place where this is more true than in healthcare operations, because the relationship between the clinician and the patient is so deeply personal. And so the fulfillment and the happiness of your clinician will inevitably rub off on your patients. So, so absolutely, I have seen 
a direct link between employee happiness, satisfaction, joy, and fulfillment in their job and revenue growth. Because when you have high levels of patient satisfaction, um, because the team is personally invested in providing the best possible care, um, those happy patients will return to you. And then they will recommend you to friends and family. And that's how you grow your business. In terms of what we really specifically do, you know, of course, you always want to make sure you cover your bases, right? So you have to cover the basics, right? Fair compensation, fair benefits, sustainable schedule, um, the things that, of course, um, are extremely important to, um, to a clinical frontline. Beyond that, I think we do a few things exceptionally well. The first is, you know, in, in thinking about this question, I, I did a little bit of research kind of on our own organization. Um, the first thing is we promote from within. So if you look, uh, I, did, I did the math, um, more than 50% of our operational leaders come up through our clinical team. So this actually ensures that our leaders that are, you know, that are sitting in our markets are not only in touch with, but they've personally experienced what it means to work on our front line. So that's, uh, I, I feel very proud to say that the clinical team members are very well represented in our leadership team. The second may seem very simple, but it's actually uh, very difficult to execute on. Um, but we, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, we listen to them. Our leaders spend an extraordinary amount of time in our centers from our managers up all the way through our executives, right? We have a rule. If you're an executive in a company and you go into one of our regions, you have to go and you have to visit centers, right? And you have to go and you have to see where the action is. And even for our managers, we've really protocolized rounding on centers. So what do these managers need to check for? What do they need to be asking our team on a regular basis? So it's not a free-for-all. We're constantly gathering real-time feedback and data. And then Mariah, I actually finally wanted to share one ritual with you that actually dates back to the very first de novo center that we opened in New York. Um, at the very at the end of every day, the clinical team that's worked the center for the day, so typically um, a shift will be 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. to midnight, um, and the clinical team at the center will send out an email. Uh, called, <laughs> wait for it, it's called the end of day email or the EOD. I know it's very original. Um, but this email goes to our operational leadership team and all of our executives. And we ask them a number of questions and it's usually either sent by the provider or the medical assistant. Um, and we ask them a series of more data-driven questions. We ask how many patients they saw. We actually typically ask if they have any team member shout outs, any team that they want to recognize for the day. But at the very end, we actually ask a very simple question of this team. We just ask, how was your day? And it's a very simple question. And the stories that come out of this extremely simple and conversational question are just remarkable. And, and to note, just so we can ground ourselves in reality for a moment, we have 266 centers. So each of our executives is receiving 266 emails every night. And I... I really can't tell you about this ritual without telling you that our CEO reads every single one of these. And it's an incredible way to keep a pulse on what's happening in our centers. And it's also an incredible, to, incredible way to just respond real time to issues that they're having. Um, and so it's been, it's been a very powerful ritual for us um, and, um, and one that keeps us in touch with what's actually happening in our centers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on that and giving us examples on how to improve the number of employees being satisfied, especially to that magnitude. Um, for you, how does an employee-centric approach really impact the bottom line of the organization? Yeah, so from my perspective, it's a very direct correlation. Um, it's if you have empowered and um, happy and fulfilled frontline employees and team members, then you have happy and empowered and fulfilled patients. And those happy patients, they return to us and they recommend us to their friends and family. And that's how the business grows. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And how has the pandemic impacted the urgent care industry? Um, have you seen any changes in terms of patient needs and expectations? Yes, we have. As you can imagine, you, you may have experienced it personally as a patient. Um, the role of urgent care evolved pretty dramatically during the pandemic because at no other time, at least in our history as an organization, um, was patient demand so strong for convenient and accessible and reliable on-demand care. And so we saw an unprecedented number of patients during that time period. It was also at a time where a lot of other parts of the healthcare system, um, usually for very good reasons, were not accessible to the average patient. And so at Go Health, our mission to be that front door to healthcare, that access point was really put to the test during the pandemic. In some ways, like we were, we were purpose built for that moment. Um, and so we became this vital resource for patients, um, you know, seeking really not only COVID-19 related care, but also other low acuity conditions. Um, and so that was, it was, it was certainly a very busy and trying time for many of our operators and many of our frontline team members, but in other ways, it was probably some of the most you know, fulfilling months of our organization because we were actually able to deliver um, it to the greatest extent on that mission. I would say from a patient standpoint, because they've had now that experience with, with receiving care in a more um, patient-friendly, on-demand way, they're now expecting more from urgent care. So what we're seeing is that there's a desire from our patients to extend our services, to extend our hours. So um, for example, post-pandemic, we took a number of centers across all of our markets in, until midnight. Previously, we had, we had traditionally been open eight to eight, but over the last, I'd say, 12 to 18 months, we've taken a good chunk of our centers all the way to midnight because there's just been so much demand for us to serve the patients um, later into the evening. Um, the second thing that we've done post-pandemic is we've expanded into two additional service lines. So we've expanded into behavioral health. We've expanded into primary care. And actually, I always forget my third because it's it's very adjacent to, to what we do in the urgent care space is we've started working much more directly with employers who are also living in this world where their employees are wanting care um, on a more on-demand basis. So uh, we've seen the patient demands have gotten greater for more accessible care. Got it. Thank you so much for explaining that, Sarah. And 
before I let you go, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. The last thing I wanted to ask you is what do you see as the next phase of growth and evolution for urgent care centers? Sure. So one of them, you know, I, I just mentioned, which is just around expanding our services. So we've, we've been, um, we've been living perhaps in a world of healthcare where um, everybody is good at what they're good at and they're doing that one thing. And I think patients are now looking for more of a one-stop shop because they really want to simplify how they access and manage their own healthcare. So that's certainly one. We continue to believe that deep integration with the healthcare system and deep integration into the continuum of care is going to be vital for the future of our U.S. healthcare system, right? You think about um, the fragmentation that exists in the U.S. healthcare system today, um, the challenges such as high and rising cost, um, poor patient satisfaction. Really, this begs a model that there's more integration and not less. And so for us, that that integration with the larger system is certainly a trend that we see continuing and continuing to be more important. I'd say the last one probably has to do with technology, right? So I would say, it, and it actually very closely ties in with uh, some of our previous uh, topics, which is around you know employee satisfaction. So how do you put technologies in place that make your clinical front that your clinical front line make their lives more effortless? So advances in technology such as voice recognition, right? So how can we fundamentally change the way that clinicians are charting so that they don't have to do so much administrative work in the day? They won't have to break away from the patient to tap away at their chart on the laptop, right? They can actually maintain that eye contact with the patient instead of sitting behind a laptop. Um, there's also a lot of advances in technology as it relates to the diagnostic devices and testing that are going to come about. But even more simply, how do we bring greater technology to the patient so that they can they can feel that accessing healthcare is an effortless experience and not a chore? So probably those are the three, diversifying services, integration with the health system, and then further advances in technology. Three trends in urgent care, certainly, that will drive us forward. Yeah, thank you so much for giving us that insight and those final thoughts, Sarah. This has been an amazing and informative discussion. So again, I want to thank you so much for coming on Becker's Healthcare today. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Mariah. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.